and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. Another solo episode for you and another episode recorded at 8 p.m. on Saturday. No, it's not Saturday, Sunday night. So yeah, I'm going to be doing some podcasts with uh, some guests this week and you're going to have more of a combination just because when it's left to me... It is left till Sunday night, the night before it is to be uploaded. So, mildly concerning. Anyways, I'm excited for the topic this week. It's something that people have a lot of questions on, and that's clinical placements, my experiences, pros and cons. And then I also am just going to dive into a Q&A because I posted on my Instagram and said, you can ask me any questions and I'll cover them on my podcast. And um, people had a bunch of questions. So, First, I'm just going to give you a run-through of my clinical placements. So, my first placement was a combination of a health center and a school district. It was at the end of first year, and it was like five weeks long, I think. And um, I basically had to go out of town to this really small town in this beautiful part of British Columbia. It's in the Okanagan. It's called um, The town was called Summerland. And I was there for five weeks. I had such a nice clinical educator. It was like, I have an entire um, blog post on, it was a guest blog post for Mrs. BGP, but I reposted it on my blog about like um, my my experience in grad school. And um, I talk a lot about how meaningful it was for me to have such a kind, like she's very gentle and very just a really good way for me to start off. Like I'm someone who was, um, I don't know. I was stressed to be going all the way to Summerland and leave Vancouver and everything like that. So she just made a really positive experience for me. So basically what that looked like was she was an SLP who worked at a school district part-time and a health center part-time. So a health center is like basically, um, zero to three. And then the school district was an ele- a few elementary schools in the Okanagan. So, um, there we would spend, two days of the week at um, one of the places and three days of the week at the other place and every week it would alternate. So the first week was like three days at the school, two days at the health center. The next week it was two days at the health center, three days at the school. And that continued like that. Um, She gave me, not flexibility, she gave me independence right off the bat. So that was really nice. I feel like I didn't have a lot of prep because we didn't see a lot of kids at the um, health center. And she never really like gave me homework or anything afterwards when I leave and there just wasn't that many kids like honestly felt like two to three a day max. We'd end at like two. So it was kind of nice to have shorter hours when I was there and it was just easier to kind of ease into it. And the whole thing like in the health center, it just felt easier to me than other um, at like other areas of SLP. So that was kind of nice. Um, yeah. And then um, let me think if there's like what my cons would be. I guess my cons would be, I felt like at the school, we mostly just did our tick, which felt really boring at the time. Um, and I, the pace was quite slow. Like we'd have big breaks at the health center and I kind of found that a little bit boring, but overall, like I just really liked the experience of it because we would go for a lunch and I would get to go like running along the lake and a bunch of wine tours. And like the experience of my placement was a very nice experience. And I feel like it was the perfect ease in because she didn't overwhelm me. She still gave me flexibility and independence, but she also like, it was a perfect balance I felt for my first placement. So that was that I finished that one. And I was like, Oh my God, I survived. Yay. My next one was acute care. It was acute care and adult outpatient, and I dreaded it. I 
completely dreaded it. I was like, I don't want to work with adults. I hate hospitals. Everything about it, I was like just anxiety central because I completely was just so turned off by the entire idea of having to work with adults and having to work in a hospital. And to this day, it was one of my most positive placement experiences. I feel like when you do something that makes you uncomfortable, you grow. And I really feel like I grew and I'm a better SLP because of that experience. And I found out that I actually love working with adults. I really, really love it. It is so different than working with little kids and both can be both can be so rewarding and they're in such different ways. Like working with adults isn't draining in the way being like on with little kids can be. When you're with little kids, it's high energy and you you're you're dealing with um like two kind of things. You you're trying to be there for the little kid and work with the kid, but you're also working with the parent. And so it's it's pretty it can be exhausting sometimes to balance that. But working with adults in the hospital and an adult outpatient, I just found it to be so rewarding and so enjoyable for me. So that was really, really nice. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I loved acute care. I, the ICU was pretty intimidating because the people were so sick, but like, I really enjoyed the assessment side of SLP doing lots of dysphagia assessments and lots of like of the MBS assessments. And I don't know. I, yeah, I really liked it. I liked working in a team. I liked the pace. I feel like the day flew by and we were just running around all day and then it was over. And I, I liked the pace. I once again, it's a common theme. I like faster pace. Um, I find that the day goes by faster and everything about it's just more enjoyable. Um, cons was that I had three clinical educators and that was not a really good time. Like I didn't like balance. I didn't like how I feel like I was being evaluated by three different people and they were all very different clinicians and not to say one was great and one was bad, but they were just so different. But then they each had to evaluate me and one, so one person, I remember there was a theme with my chart notes. So one of the SLPs liked the way I wrote chart notes. One of the SLPs thought that it was too detailed and one of the SLPs didn't think it was detailed enough and things like that can become really annoying when you're a student and it's like, Oh my God, am I playing a game or am I learning? Like, I started knowing, oh, if I'm with this SLP, I should do this. And if I'm with this SLP, I should do this. And it just becomes kind of annoying because it's like, what are we even doing here? You know? Oh my God. Anyways, whatever. Like that was like, that's all I have to say to complain. It wasn't that bad. And, um, I don't know. I just learned a lot. And I think that, I think it made me a better SLP for private practice because I now know that I actually love working with adults and I do like dysphagia and I like that side of things. And, um, like it didn't change my mind and that I don't have any interest in working in a hospital. I don't, yeah, they, I find that hospital SLPs don't get paid as well where I'm from. And that's a big reason I probably, and also I just love working with little kids and I like, I like the rehab. I like more treatment versus, um, swallowing assessments all day but for a placement like if anyone's worried I don't know like I wouldn't write it off you might have a really positive experience and you might learn a lot and I know that you might think you want one area of SLP but like really keep your mind open because your placements will show you a lot of like what you're interested in and what you don't like so I would wait till you um, go through that and I wouldn't close any doors if you have options about settings I wouldn't I would try everything once okay so um, my next placement was private practice and this was probably my favorite placement because obviously I am in private practice now. I clearly love private practice. 
it was a private practice in Vancouver, mostly like centered around early intervention and mostly children with autism because the owner was a BCBA and an SLP. So it was mostly kids with autism and it was mostly like zero to five. And I just loved it. I found it so, so nice. I had two CEs and um, I liked both of them. And I just feel like I was supported in my learning. I feel like my learning goals were prioritized from the beginning. I really liked everyone at the clinic. I liked the behavioral interventionists. And overall, it was just like a really positive placement for me. It felt like, I don't know, it just felt right. Like I was like, I, after that, I was like, I know I want to work in private practice. I just found it so much more enjoyable than the school district or the health center. Um, I don't know. I just like the pace and kind of like in the episode of why I chose private practice, like those reasons kind of stood out for me. And I was like, this is definitely where I want to pursue a career in. So yeah, I guess the downsides for private practice would be like, I know some people in my class did private practice placements and they like complained about them. Like I didn't get a lunch break and I never knew my hours. Like I didn't know if I was going to end. I didn't know if like I'd have to end, if we'd end earlier and later and like things like that. And, um, that just didn't bother me. I didn't mind not knowing my lunch break was. I didn't mind. Like, I don't know. I just liked it. I like the pace. Okay. So my last placement, um, was canceled. It was supposed to be at a school district and it was supposed to be like two and a half months, I think straight. And it was supposed to be in Toronto, Ontario. I'm from Ontario. So I was going to get to go back home. And, um, yeah, COVID came along and boom, canceled my entire last placement gone. (laughs) So I was pretty bummed. And then guess what they replaced it with three days of simu case. I can't even believe it. Like it was so brutal that I just never got a placement. (sighs) So not ideal. Now I kind of just want to talk a little bit about like some tips I have for you before I dive into questions. My tips are be prepared. Just be prepared. Know what you're, try to know what types of things you're going to see. Try to be familiar with some assessments, be familiar with some AAC systems. Like you don't need to know everything about everything, especially if it's your first placement, but just be prepared in some capacity to show that you care and that you're motivated to try and learn. So if you have sessions the next day, like prepare in some capacity for those, like know what's going on, like show that you are like showing up and that you're trying your best. Um, if you have an assessment and you've never done the assessment before, then ask to borrow it and take it home and practice it. Like just try to be as prepared as possible. Be positive. Like people say all the time that you, your attitude matters almost more than your like competency to a certain extent. Like, you can be the most competent person on a team, but if you're rude or annoying or like just arrogant, no one's going to want to work with you no matter how competent you are. So if you feel like you don't really know what's going on, but you are so positive and kind and helpful and you're trying your best, that really does matter a lot. And usually people would rather work with someone who has a good attitude than someone who knows everything, but they're like the worst person. So just keep that in mind that if you're like, oh, I really don't feel comfortable in this setting, or I really feel nervous about this area, then have a good attitude. Try your best, be kind, be respectful and get to know your teammates. Try to just get to know people and build rapport within your team. And slowly you'll start learning and it'll get better and better. But keep that positive attitude because 
you don't want to be that person who's grumpy and complaining every day about how they're so tired and they're just like, it's just no one likes that. Okay. Like everyone's tired and you don't want to be like that student who just acts like the world's ending all the time. So try to think about that. Um, I would try to be as organized that goes with being prepared, but be as organized as possible just because have a pen and paper. If you think that lunch will be rushed, like one thing I did for the first few weeks at my private practice, which might be like overboard, but I would always bring lunch in a thermos because what if they didn't have a microwave? What if we had to eat in the car? What, and like little things like that, you know, like just think about those little things that will make the day go smoother. And what I always thought about in my placements was like, I'd rather be neutral to them than be a nuisance in any way. Like I just want to be at least neutral or positive. I don't want to make their day more annoying. Try to be organized and all that. Okay. My last tip, ask questions and share what you don't know and what you want to know more about. So if your CE is constantly talking about our tick, but you feel like you, you, you got that and you want to learn more about fluency, share that with them. Be open with your learning goals. This is your learning experience. It's yours. So take advantage of it. This is, this is your time to learn. So make sure that you're as open as possible with your CE about where you think that you need to learn more. And then there was this Instagram I saw before and it was like 10 things that require zero talent, but can really help you have success in life. So it says, how often do we equate success with talent all the time? But the reality is success isn't created by talent alone. Here are 10 behaviors that we can always control that require zero talent yet have a huge impact on our success. Being on time, work ethic, effort, body language. I think that one's huge. Energy attitude, passion, being coachable, doing extra, being prepared. So really just that is the that is that is the mantra. Think about those things, those 10 things. That is what you want to focus on, especially if you feel like you don't really like if you're really nervous about your like level of understanding or competency level within a certain area, focus on those things. Okay. Now let's move into some questions. So, do you need an iPad? Um, okay. This one's funny because it says, say yes, so my husband lets me get one. But the thing is, is like, no, you don't. <laughs> okay, it depends what area you're in because if you're in private, maybe you'll like get one for yourself. But if you're in public, they probably will have one. And if you're in the school, they'll probably have one. I have an iPad now and definitely it's 100% better having an iPad, but you don't need one at all, especially if you're a student. I would not buy an iPad if you were a student. So, yeah. Okay, what's an appropriate thank you for your clinical educator? So when I've had three or two clinical educators, I usually do like a Starbucks gift card. But when I had one clinical educator, I got her a bottle of wine. So it kind of just depends. Like if you get to know them, you can kind of figure out what they like. And it depends also how much you like them. Because if they're like the worst to you, I wouldn't do a lot. Probably sounds bad. But like seriously, there's some, there's some clinical educators out there that aren't ideal. Yeah, so that's one. But yeah, probably like a bottle of wine or like coffee or something like that. What were the settings you liked the most and what's the ones you liked the least? Okay, setting I liked the most was probably private and acute care. And setting that I liked the least was probably the health center just because I feel like it was so slow, which had nothing to do with my clinical educator. Like I said, she was an absolute delight, loved her. But the pace of a health center just killed me. Like I really found it painful. Um or the school, but I don't think my experience at the school was like what all schools are like, but the amount of our tick was just, it killed me. Okay. Did you find medical placements to be demanding slash stressful? So here's the thing. 
What placement did I worry about the most? Medical placements. I was so stressed out about it because I thought I would hate it. Which one was the least stressful and the least demanding? My medical placement. So I don't even understand that. I literally don't think I prepped one time because it was all assessment. Never prepped. I loved the old people, like meeting all those older adults. Like it was a freaking treat. And I just didn't find it demanding or stressful at all. And private practice, I found more demanding and more stressful because there was prep. And I feel like my chart notes were like more detailed. Okay, best format for note-taking, iPad versus paper, random versus template. So for clinical placements, I would just not worry about charting like literally at all. I guess actually, I guess she said note-taking. So note-taking... I always just jotted down notes in a notebook. I'm, I find it easier and I don't like the look of like me being on my phone during, if I'm shadowing or if I'm in a session, I'd rather just like jot down some notes in my notepad. So that's what I did. And I never had a template or anything. I just jotted down notes during the session and then I would write it up later. But, um, now when I'm working, I don't really it depends the kid and the goals. Sometimes I'll write down notes in sessions. Sometimes I won't. And then I have Jane. It's a website thing for charting and whatnot. And I made a template on that and I shared it and I saved it to week in the life. So if you want to check that out, you can. And it shows like how I broke it down. But basically I break it down by like the type of session, the length of session that I got consent, the child's behavior and like how they were feeling that day, updates, parent report, activities, observations, homework, all that plan next time things like that okay pros and cons of each setting I think I kind of went through that already best way to prepare okay best way to prepare in general is just like read up on stuff that you think is relevant so read up on your class notes that are relevant so if you're doing um, a school placement make sure you know like general assessments that you might run into um I would know what assessment you'd want to use for what type of kid I'd want to know um different approaches to treatment for like our tick and things like that and if I was doing a preschool placement I would definitely read up on milestones and um different language facilitation strategies and different parent coaching techniques and things like that so just know your population and read up on it a bit I barely did that though like I did it enough so I was like I wanted to be able to be a competent person on the team but it's not like like I know some people that I was in class with like really studied hard before they went into their placements and I didn't do that um and I was fine so you don't need to worry about it too much um and then once you're in the placement I would just ask what the caseload looks like for the next day so you can prepare properly because I'm someone who likes to know what's going on and be prepared I don't like to just be completely thrown into something um so I like to know what's going on so I'd ask my SLP my CE the day before I'd be like what's happening tomorrow and then she'd give me a rundown and then I could prepare um for that instead of just being thrown in without knowing Okay. How would you compare UBC's clinical placements to other schools? So UBC is the school I went to. So this girl's probably wondering if maybe she's going to UBC or something like that. Um, here's the thing. I don't know. Cause I only went to UBC. <laughs> so like, I don't know what the other schools are like, but I didn't love UBC's program. The clinical placements were okay, but I've heard better things about other programs, like specifically Western. So just something to think about one thing you can do to try to figure more about that if you're applying is contact the schools and ask about number of number of days and everything to do with the placements like where are they going to be like do they have an on-site clinic all of that i also just saw another question about what i like in a clinical educator okay so what i didn't like to begin with was ones that 
worried more about little details that don't matter. Like writing style, for example. If my writing style is different than your writing style in my chart note, I really feel like it's a waste of time to try to make me write like how you write. Like little things like that. I don't like when clinical educators try to change things that are like inherently a something you do as a person that's not going to really change. Just things like that. I didn't really have that too much, but I've heard some stories and I just don't think that's very helpful. I don't like being just completely thrown in, thrown, I said thrown, thrown into something without knowing anything about it or without knowing anything about the test or I don't like that. I like to be warned. And that's just like anything. Like I don't like when profs are like, oh, and now we're all going to say a presentation on what we just read. It's like, mm, no, rather be prepared. I don't like when people throw me into things. Okay. What did I did like, I liked CEs who pushed me outside my comfort zone, but not too much. I like when they can read a person. And if they think someone's like an anxious person or someone who might want to be prepared to give them some more time. I like that CEs who cared about my learning and they wanted to help with my learning gaps, not gaps that they assumed were in my learning. So I liked CEs who sat down with me on day one and said, what do you want to learn more about? Like, this is for you, literally, this is for you. So where do you want to, what do you, where do you want to learn more? That was like the best thing ever. I loved having CEs who literally sat me down and we just walked through my learning goals. I think that's so, so helpful. And then we all remember like why this is even happening. It's no, I'm not there to like help them with prep. I'm there to learn because it's part of my program. Okay, I like CEs that didn't overwhelm me with work when I was outside of the clinic. And when I'm a clinical educator, I'm not gonna, I'm barely gonna give anything to do after because as a student, you already have enough on your plate and placements, even though you don't have that many kids because you're not having a full caseload and things like that, it feels like a lot and it can feel tiring and draining because it's all new. And I'd rather my students show up feeling like bright and refreshed every morning than like me thinking that I gave them so much homework they're like stressed all night. I don't like that idea. I, I don't even like homework. Like I'm not someone who like believes in that. If I was a teacher, I'd be like, I'd never give homework. So I liked the C's who didn't really overwhelm me with any work when I was done. I really liked clinical educators who were patient and who were open to other people's learning styles. I don't really love when people think that their way is the only way things can be done. I like people who are flexible in their thinking and they can just be open to hearing what other people have to say. And yeah, and I like people who just didn't make me feel like, I don't know, like I did something wrong. I remember one time I was in a meeting and I guess I talked quietly, but I didn't realize I talked quietly. One of my CEs was like, you talked really quietly during that meeting. And it's like, that's not a helpful thing to tell somebody. Talking about someone's quality of their voice, I don't find that very helpful. And if anything, it just kind of like negatively affected my day that day because I was in my head about my voice volume, which that's a, you're already worried about like the quality of your work, but now you have to be worried about like your voice volume. What? So, but you're gonna have stories about like CEs that are just so crazy. You're gonna be like, how did that happen? But then you're gonna meet other CEs where you're like, wow, you made me love SLP again. You are the reason I still like this career path. Oh my God, you taught me so much. Like my private practice placement, I learned so much in that placement and I still, so much of what I do in clinic, I learned in that placement. And like, same goes for my um, health center placement. Like a lot of what I do now in clinic and resources I use is from that first placement. So you're gonna have like really, really positive experiences. So yeah, I, I just like, I don't know. I would take it seriously, but don't take it too seriously at the same time. Like take it seriously and learn, but try not to sweat the small stuff because you're gonna look back and you're just gonna be like, what even was that? I'm so glad my program's over and work is so much better. <laughs> 
So yeah, I hope this answered some questions and I hope I decreased any anxiety that you guys are having about clinical placements. Overall, it was the highlight of my program. I, like I've said a million times, I don't like school. I don't like sitting in a classroom. So my placements were like heaven compared to sitting in class. So I think you're honestly all going to love them. And yeah, I guess if there are SLPs listening, it's probably a walk down memory lane. <laughs> you probably, um, yeah, really resonated with some of the things about clinical educators because some clinical educators are amazing and then some um it's like why are you a clinical educator so confused okay last thing i'm gonna say please rate and review my podcast so many of you did after i mentioned it the past two weeks and um yeah so if you could rate and review that would mean a lot to me and thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you next monday Bye.